from the Mercy One Studio. Making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Uh, this is Stan Ash's seminarian for the diocese, filling in for Kelly Misher Collins this month. Uh, today we'll be talking with uh, talking about our Catholic schools with Donna Bishop, the uh, diocesan superintendent, and Mary Jo Kiever, principal of St. Pius X in Urbandale. As you might guess, uh, this upcoming school year is going to be a bit different than normal, so Donna and Mary Jo are here to discuss the Catholic school's reopening plan, how you know, we can come back to education and move forward in a way that maintains both safety and uh, the educational excellence you've come to expect from Catholic schools. But before we uh, get Even to that... Even though they have a very detailed return to learn program, there's no script for this as we, uh, we, yeah, we, as we ride the wave of all this as well. So it was great last week to be with at uh, St. John's in Norwalk and Father Dan Kirby, always the consummate host there, uh, and being with our young priests to celebrate Mass and just kind of talk about how this has impacted their priesthood and how they're doing and uh, build up the brothers in that way. Then also I had a chance to be at the installation of Archbishop Rosanne Mitchell Rosansky coming from Springfield, Mass, to become the uh, kind of, oh, I won't say he's the primate of Region 9, but almost, I think, we think of that historic church in St. Louis. And so to gather there and, and witness that uh, outpouring of, of, of love for a new shepherd that was present, so the Region 9 bishops gathering for that particular event. Uh, we're looking at uh, the Catholic Charities Annual Bishops Golf Outing next Monday, the 31st, at Echo Valley Country Club. I get a little anxious and twitchy there because— Yeah, you're uh, a, are you golf, a big golfer, Bishop? I, uh, I, you know, yeah. in, in my youth, I was a great—my best golf was when I was a transitional deacon of the late Monsignor McLean and Mary. Ah, there you go. It's been downhill the from there, and so I actually gave it up because I just thought there's no correlation between effort and, and results. And so <laughs> that's why cycling is much more attractive to me. But one of the, the results and fruits we hope that we would— to realize from that event is to continue to support Catholic charities in the Diocese of Des Moines. And we're conscious of the derecho and the drought and what an impact that has had, kind of a double punch in the stomach for our farmers. Plus COVID and all that too. COVID, yeah. yeah. I mean, that that goes without saying. I'm sorry. It's almost (laughs) like it's always there in the backdrop. But, uh, you know, the the challenges and the the temptations uh, for those who are, you know, experiencing depression, uh, fears that might lead them to despair. So Catholic Charities and their great teletherapy uh, opportunities, counselors and others who can reach people, particularly in the rural areas who might not otherwise have access. So encouraging that support for Catholic Charities and encouraging people. Uh, we will be communicating that through our website and other means that these are people standing ready to support you in that particular way. Of course, uh, about a month from now, we've got the great Christ Our Life Conference. Oh, uh, yes. That's uh, on Friday uh and Saturday, uh, September 26th and 27th, in Wells Fargo Arena, as always. Um, the speakers are going to be Donald Calloway, Sister Miriam James, Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers, uh, Mirana Soldo, Magnus, Mc- Magnus McFarlane uh, Barrow, Steve, oh, there's a lot of guests, Steve Agrisano, <laughs> <laughs> and I Catholic Radio's John Leonetti, as always. John's a great Don't MCO leave John player. out. He, he, his feelings are hurt so easily. Uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's a little snowflake. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so the tickets are uh, available on ChristOurLifeIowa.com. So, okay, and that live streaming tickets. option, very important yeah, they this got year. Two, two ticket types. Yeah, so live streaming, encouraging people to consider that, but also in presence and uh, obviously the the, uh, the protections that we'll be doing and the protocols that are there. So today, the Feast of St. Augustine, the great doctor of the church, whose Amen. great life yeah, story, yeah. the 28th. Uh, a great author. Yeah, uh, so have you kind of already kind of delved into Augustine and your uh, opportunities? Oh, uh, well, modestly, modestly, you know. So, uh, you know, the, the confessions are really good and all that. Oh, late have I loved you, oh, beauty ever ancient, Amen, ever yeah. new. Yeah, I, I love that book because it's sort of a, it's a book that's written as a prayer. You know, it's it's not 
so much biography is sort of his, his his writing down of his prayer to Christ. So it's very relational in that way. Yeah, it's almost like you just can't, it bursts out of him as he's reflecting on something. And obviously he had a, a marvelous education, which he mm-hmm. draws from. Oh, yeah. But then the latter books kind of get pretty heavy lifting philosophically. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> so I, we don't always put that on young people right away. But I've been privileged in the past in my January term course to be at Ostia outside of oh, wow. ancient seaport and to be there and to read that passage where Monica, his mother, and Augustine are reflecting on ultimate things. And, and uh, they have the communal. You know, the you know, kind that, of window yeah. and, you know, give no heed to where I will be buried. And Augustine's getting a little sentimental and, and kind of there. But that, that treasured moment where already the window of eternity is opening up. Monica, whom it says at one point, you know, when they're asking, you know, people who aren't baptized or anything, are they going to hell? or you know, And Monica bursts through and says, but they are not without God. They're not without God. And I think that shapes our attitudes. Amen. Amen. We'll be right back uh, with our guests. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Welcome back to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'd like to welcome two very special guests joining us today, True Servants of the Church, Donna Bishop, Superintendent of Schools for the Diocese, and Mary Jo Kiever, Principal of St. Pius X School in Urbandale, here to talk with us about our Catholic schools reopening. Welcome. Good morning morning. to you both. Thank you. And it's a very intense time for you. Uh, Students are actually scheduled to show up for class. What day? What day is the first day they're going to... Uh, be present in the room. Monday Our morning. Varying. Yeah, we have some. We had um, Perry, a Saint Pat's and Perry actually started uh, yesterday. Was their first day, and then we have some start starting on the twenty fourth, and uh, and others on the twenty eighth. Wow, tremendous. So it, we are really, this is going to happen. It is happening in that way. It is so, happening. Yeah, good. So our listeners may uh, know you a little bit, but on making it personal, we want to hear just a little bit about your background. Donna, I know you've been with the diocese now for 14 months and came to us from Points West. Could you just share a little bit about that path? Uh, yes. Prior to coming to Des Moines, I was working with federal education funding across the United States for all non-public schools. And so um Catholic schools um, were the vast majority of the, the groups that we worked with. And then um, before that, I was assistant superintendent of schools for the Archdiocese of Omaha and executive director for the five consortium schools in, in Omaha. So um, so many of our Spirit Catholic Radio people, our folks, our friends would know, yeah, know you yeah. then. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Yes. Coming from the Diocese of Sioux City, where I graduated um, from Galen Catholic and then was um, a teacher as well um, with Galen Catholic before moving into city government and then on to administration. 
Okay, so a woman of the heartland who's both uh, been functioning in the in the public realm and, uh, and also for the church in that way, and uh, a kind of rainmaker, if you will, at one point too. So, Mary Jo, you uh, you're at St. Pius X, which is a a huge flourishing school. I mean, that's just a the campus and everything else. That's just a big a footprint there. Wonderful community here, a great parish and great parish school. Uh, absolutely, I myself am a native of Des Moines, uh, graduate of Dowling Catholic High School. Sent two daughters through Catholic schools here in the Diocese of Des Moines, and now a five-year-old grandson starting in kindergarten. Oh, congratulations! So, yeah, <laughs> thank you. So, yeah, we are we are generations of, of Catholic school family here in the in the Diocese of Des Moines. Yeah, and uh, I would uh, intuit that you were a teacher before becoming an administrator. Correct. Yep, I, I started my career at Holy Trinity here in Des Moines. Um, actually, attended grade school at Sacred Heart. Went back to work there for a bit, um, and now here at St. Pius. And uh, so I, I just can't speak highly enough of all of our Catholic schools in, in the diocese. Every single one of them has great things to offer all of our families. And your diplomacy and flexibility in working with different pastors over the years. <laughs> right. the, the ever-affable Father Fleming as well. But, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Good. So this summer, I mean, it has been uh, all hands on deck all the time almost. I mean, very little break for teachers or for all of you in the, in the planning. Uh, talk about some of the, the major challenges that you faced. Well, I would speak a little bit about, you know, some of, some of what the administrators uh, have been doing, and it probably even started prior to summer, um, way back in March, uh, when we saw some of this coming and schools were closed down for the first time, is when um, the diocesan administrators started to meet um, at least on a weekly basis and, and maybe smaller committees uh, more often than that, planning for what we found ourselves in in March, April, and May, and then also all through the summer, uh, meeting weekly to come up with a, a plan for all of our diocesan schools that would offer some consistency for families and, you know, how to protect the health and safety of our, of our students and continue to offer the great education. And so I really appreciated the efforts of, of all the administrators to make all of this come to fruition. Now we find ourselves at the beginning of the year and hopefully put these plans in place and have a great year. Mm-hmm. And so swiftly you made the transition, and I think very effectively. You know, we might think of maybe our uh, other school communities, uh, non-parochial, but uh, I think you really were ahead of the curve in so many ways. Was there a moment where you kind of said, now what just happened? We just did this for three <laughs> months. What did we learn? And now, you know, we can we can make adjustments uh, accordingly. I think so, yes. I think, you know, um, all of us were, once we got our feet under us, uh, probably beginning in mid-April, uh, we started that self-reflective process and um, made changes along the way as we needed to. Uh, and then when summer came and we had just a little bit of time to breathe, collectively the administrators said, okay, you know, what worked in various locations, uh, what, what worked for different communities, and uh, what do we need going forward? So it was very cyclical, always evaluating, always revising as we made the plans moving forward. Mm-hmm. And that was not just obviously an internal conversation, but Donna, I mean, talk about a moving target, you know, as the various uh, state and, and federal uh, proposals and guidelines are coming forth. I mean, that still isn't uh, set in stone, is it? I mean, you, you you just think you have something and then, whoops, uh, something comes out from the state. Yes, we're, we're continuing to get um, revised guidance. Um, and it was, it was definitely, as Mary Jo stated, a collaborative effort. We learned how to be on Zoom for many hours <laughs> at a time every week. And I'm so proud of the fact of, you know, the administrators 
working together and really wanting it to look at it as a diocesan plan so that we had consistency across the diocese and um, their their efforts. They've been going nonstop. The administrators as well as the, the, the faculty have been going nonstop since since March 17th when we got the first notice of the schools being closed down. So we're ready to go with whatever plan um, the Department of Education, uh, the governor, um, or the public health provides to us saying flip the switch. Um, we have all three me- uh, learning methods ready to go, whether it's going to be face-to-face, uh, whether it's 100% uh, distance learning, or the hybrid model. Okay, and so the, you know, all these things are available to you, and I think the ability to, to make adjustments at uh, very short notice in that way. Um, we, you know, And yet, uh, the, the major hope is to, to be on site, to have uh, everyone physically present to each other. Do you sense that desire? And of course, our teachers, I mean, they're not doing this uh, for the big bucks. Uh, <laughs> we want to support them. But there's also a, a commitment that, you know, recognizes this, this is very uncertain and there's no absolute guarantees that uh, we can, can protect. But so many marvelous measures that are in place. So can you talk about some of those things that uh, you're really attending to measures to keep people safe? Yes, we definitely spend a lot of time in regards to mitigation strategies, um, working with uh, a, a core group of medical team um, from from our community that stepped in and assisted us along the way. And we did open up um, at the end of July when the governor made the new proclamation that the parents had the decision on what they wanted um, for their children, what they felt was best for their family needs. And so that did open up the opportunity for that 100% um, distance learning opportunity. We were we were looking at going, and as we are today, five days face to face, and and with the mitigation strategies that we've put in place, you know, with those masks when they enter the building, when they exit the building, anytime that they're um, in a hallway or in a crossing time period, um, once they come into that classroom, it's varying across all of our schools as to what that's going to look like. Um, some have. Um, face shields that they're planning on putting on the students. Some have shields on their desks. Some are able to do enough social distancing within the classroom that that's not necessary. But we all have agreed that anytime there's small group or uh, one-on-one activity, those face um, mask coverings will go back on. Um, and our sanitation process, you know, again, we, we worked with um, one of the hospitals assisted us in guidance in regards to proper sanitation. Um, we, we've really done everything um, in guidance as, as moving forward to make sure that at the forefront of our minds all along on everything that we have put in place has been the health and safety of our students and our faculty and staff. Mm-hmm. Very intensive, and I'm sure the, uh, the, the hours that are just kind of attending to all those corollary concerns and, and meeting that, and then the actual ability to communicate and, and witness and draw forth the, the sense of wonder in our students, the sense that they have of awe, and uh, to, to stir those restless hearts and to, to awaken them to whatever the subject may be and, and the capacities that they have, the great potential and gift. Are there some families that are still preferring the remote program and... Uh, what would you say to any parents who might be hesitant or who really kind of want or still discerning, you know, what's going to be their their option? Yeah, we're looking at about 6% across the diocese as a whole of families that are, have chosen to go with that distance learning option. And we encourage them. We want everyone to feel safe and feel 
very positive about um, moving forward with their Catholic education. And so we're offering whatever is best for them. Um, we are offering that face-to-face, which the vast majority are going to take advantage of in that five days a week. It's going to look a little different. And, um, you know, some of our in, uh, Dowling Catholics, they're going to uh, uh, do a trial basis. So the first week will be 100% face-to-face. They're going to come back the second week with a hybrid model just to trial it out. Um, and then they're going to come back and make a decision on the third week on, on what route they're going to go based on uh, what what we look, what it looks like for numbers in regards to COVID positivity uh, in the area. Oh, very prudent. Mm-hmm. That's a good plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Mary Jo, uh, mm-hmm. uh, we think, you know, the, the diverse backgrounds and means that families have, uh, you know, the different uh, ways in which they can participate. How, in, in accord with the mission of the schools, uh, can we empower every uh, young person? Are there ways in which uh, the technology and other features are there that, that we bring everyone into the fold in that way? Oh, absolutely. I think this is one of the, the areas where the distance learning options and, and even all of the things we're doing in face-to-face learning have helped us to kind of evaluate and look at what it what it means to be a part of the community and, and how do we... Um, you know, bring those children in and those families in and, and encourage that participation, encourage that faith formation. And um, while building that resilience, flexibility, and, you know, responding to the situation as it is, I think it's given all of us the opportunity to really prioritize community, family, conversation, um, c- communication. I think those things are kind of the heart and soul of school community. And so, those things remain the same, uh, despite what's happening, you know, outside uh, in the world, whether we have, you know, sneeze guards up or not. We are, we are still a community. We are still based in, in our faith and our care for each other. And I think um, it gives us the opportunity to, to bring those things to the forefront. This is a question for either one of you, but Mary Jo, starting with you, I guess, you know, we can get kind of in a hunker down bunker mentality, even, you know, kind of defending ourselves against people that cross our paths, you know, God forbid someone sneezes or something <laughs> like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. and we all kind of look at them with you know, eyes of sconce and things like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, you know, our, and our, our children, I mean, there's a right to joy. There's a right mm-hmm. to celebration. I mean, is that going to be possible? I mean, can we kind of slip beyond our fears and anxieties in this? Oh, I, absolutely. This is what um, we've had conversations about this with our staff this week. And, you know, in light of all of the uncertainties and in, in light of, you know, as you said previously, Bishop, there, there are no 100% guarantees. Um, but we do want to instill that joy. We, we want to make everyone feel an important part of the community. Um, and we are here for each other. And I think some of that trust in the community care and concern um, helps mitigate some of that isolation or, you know, that fear. Um, We want to do everything we can to keep children safe and keep adults, our staff safe, of course. Um, But at some point we rely on our trust and faith that um, we are here for each other and to take care of each other in a joyful way, right? It's it's being smart and also um, participating in school and all of those things that, that make it a great place for kids. So, I mean, liturgies, obviously, still part of the plan, mass and, and opportunities like that, uh, co-curriculars, so those, some of those things. Absolutely. We've got a plan, and I know it varies um, between facilities depending on their schedule and things like that, but we have a plan here where we have divided the student body up um, into two 
they'll go, we'll have two Masses a week, um, we'll distance in the church, uh, we're actually joining the normal parish daily Mass, which I think, again, is another great way to build community, um, to make that school an even more visible part of the broader parish. So we'll be dividing that up, so students are absolutely still attending Mass and uh, attending that daily parish Mass. Beautiful. Um, so I was wondering, uh, how does the uh, enrollment look like this year, especially you know with all the anxiety around this stuff? We are um, actually, as of last week, with our numbers that we, um, for registration, we are up one student from enrollment numbers of last year. So um, it's varying across uh, the diocese. I mean, we have great uh, increased numbers at St. Luke's, for instance, one of our schools in Anki. Um, they're up 60 students this year. Um, so it all is a kind of a reflection of the comfort level and the desire for the parents on what decision that they want to go with. Some of them are obviously coming from public schools um, with their chance of only um, having school two days a week. Uh, parents want the students in school five days a week, so they've, they've chosen to come and take advantage of our, our opportunities that we have available. So, um, again, varying across and and we're, we know it continues to fluctuate until our bed numbers are required in by October 1st. So I, I, that, that is going to continue to change. And we've given our parents an opportunity to make a decision by trimester if they want to be face-to-face or if they want to go with that, that um, 100% distance learning opportunity. So we'll, we'll see some fluctuation throughout the year. We're seeing that, that same increase here um, at St. Pius. We are up by about 20 students and continue to take calls. And I think one of the the great things that I've seen happening is that our parish families are taking a second look, uh, too. And so that's always good when we, we have our parish families uh, coming over for tours okay, and, and, and interest in enrolling. we just have to pause here for a break, Mary Jo, but thank you. Okay. Yep, thank and you. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. This is Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Welcome back to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. We're here with Donna Bishop and Mary Jo Kiever, our school uh, school administrators. Yeah, so we're not keeping you after for detention here or anything like that. <laughs> this is just because uh, some of the good things you're sharing. But, I mean, I sense the mission of the, the school, and I bet, you know, the, the messages you get from parents following and, and others on both sides, you know, those who are alarmed and those who are like, be not afraid, uh, you know. And so I mean, we're not throwing caution to the winds in any way, but really that blend of faith and reason, which is ingredient to who we are as a Catholic Church and bringing the both, both to, to, to life in this way, in that marvelous way. 
way. Uh, uh, would there be any, uh, you know, if things do become more severe or we have influenza and everything else, are you prepared to make that rapid transition? Yes, we are. Um, and, and that information will be uh, given to us as to what transition we need to be made by the Department of Education and our public health. Um, they're going to be watching 14-day uh, trends uh, in regards to COVID numbers and will be instructing us to what we need to do. If at any point we need to move to um, 100% distance learning, that, that guidance is given it to us. That's not a decision that we will be making. Okay. All right. So that'll be uh, pretty cut and dry on that. So, again, appreciate all that you're doing, all of the, the, the countless hours. You know, I mean, I think educators and administrators have a special uh, gene that allows them to go on for Zoom meetings. They're hours at a time. Even the bishops try and shut it down after an hour or so. So, you know, the Zoomnesia kind of comes in after a certain point. So so thank you for all you've done. I look forward. I don't know that I have a mass on the calendar yet at St. Pius the Tenth, but I look forward to be coming out and celebrating with you and just experiencing that whole environment. So God we, bless you. We would enjoy that. Thank you. God bless you and keep you safe. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you very much. Bishop. All right. Thank you, ladies. Bye-bye. Thank you. So, good. We're, we're still thinking about uh, uh, some of the uh, different experiences that people are having, and uh, the derecho is obviously something that uh, maybe it hasn't caused as much physical destruction in Points West, but uh, obviously the trees and the houses and other property damage, thank oh, God, yeah. the loss yeah. of life was, was modest as well. But uh, some other kind of global things that the phenomena we, we discovered in terms of what's happened, uh, you know, things with the Blessed Mother or other things. Oh, yeah. So uh, down in Mexico, they recently recovered this uh, 10-ton metal sculpture of Our Lady of Guadalupe that uh, after a hurricane, you know, sim- uh, similar weather uh, anomalies here, mm-hmm. uh, common theme for us in this segment, uh, they discovered it um, under, I think it was... Uh, in Mon- is Monterey in Mexico? <laughs> Definitely, yeah, it's a city of a million and a half or so. Oh, I'm, so, I, I'm just showing my ignorance <laughs> yeah, here of, okay. of geography. Yeah. I apologize. There's Monterey, California, but Monterey, yeah, it, no, the original cool. Monterey, yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, all right, well, and so 10-ton Blessed Mother? It's it's huge. Mary, it's huge. Mary, you put on weight. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like you see on the back of, a, of like yeah. a semi. I mean, you think of the COVID-19, but, you know, this Mary, she's she, don't mess with her. Oh, yeah. Way. All right, no, well, that's good. true. Well, well, Stan, uh, you know, it seems like these uh, weeks together and your opportunity to, to be our moderator and host and helping our communications uh, team with Anne Marie Cox, Kelly uh, Collins Mesher, and uh, Kelly Mesher Collins, excuse me. Uh, you'll forgive me on that. <laughs> but uh, any observations for us or things that you'll take away as you begin to prepare to head back north to the seminary? Oh, well, uh, it's been a pleasure to, uh, to, to help out down here, especially uh, the producers deserve a round of applause on this show because they put up with all of our, uh, our slip ups here. So, <laughs> so, so shout out to, to Jimmy Olson and Deacon, uh, Tony. Valdez. Yeah. Deacon Tony. Yeah. yeah. So, and they do a great job keep us in good humor, but, uh, I've appreciated this and, uh, you know, you take the initiative on things. And so I think that's, uh, you know, you're, you're not waiting to say, okay, what do I do next? You know, <laughs> in this way, but you're, you're looking and seeing, and obviously very insightful. Obviously you you do well in your studies, but may your prayer life continue to flourish and may God give you the peace that frees you to, to discern what God has uh, in store. Well, it's affirming the call of the priesthood or whatever. But uh, well, God wants our happiness, and we want you to, to experience that uh, even now. So we're, Thank you very much, Bishop. I, and I, I just want to ask, you know, if you're listening right now on Iowa Catholic Radio or Spirit Catholic Radio Network, just uh, send up a quick prayer for me and for all the seminarians for your diocese as we go back to school in these uh, uncertain times. So 
Thank yeah. you. And I was so glad that, you know, you only called me Bishop Pates once. <laughs> so, so, all right. Yeah, so. Thanks for listening. This is Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.